what we believe and uh, we continue trust God, uh, trusting God in is that God will continue to work in your life. Um, um, the Bible says in uh, Philippians, it says that he who began a good work will bring it to completion. And so we believe that God is going to continue working and continue doing things in your life. And um, uh, we, we are trusting that God continues to do that. Uh, I'll ask you to turn to Jeremiah 4 verse 3. In Jeremiah 4 verse 3. And you see, turn there. There are a couple of things that I want to uh, lay as a foundation so that we are on the same page and uh, we are running at the same pace. Normally what, um, what people will do is they will start running and as they begin to run and when they turn their backs, when they turn back and see where they are, they realize, oops, uh, I've left everyone else. And so we want to be on the same page as believers. One thing that we always have to uh, recognize and remember is that when we come into the body of Christ as we are right now, there is a wide spectrum of people who are at different levels of their Christianity. There are those who are more mature than other people, and there are those who have just started their walk with Christ, and there are those who are yet to start their walk with Christ. And so because of that, uh, we as the elders recognize that we ought to be speaking at a wide range rather than some specific um, uh, section of uh, people's walk. And so uh, when we do that, that's the reason why I want to lay this foundation. A foundation uh, that's based on every beginning or end of the year, human beings do something specific. They reflect and they project. At the end of every year, human beings instinctively reflect or project, reflect on what has happened in the past year, or they project what they hope and expect the year is going to be like. And unfortunately, what has happened in the body of Christ is that because we project things, we hope for things, and we expect certain things, we therefore speak those things as though God has said those things. Yet God has been silent. We go on and uh, uh, declare certain years as the year of ABCD. Because we expect God has said something or we expect him to say something because the year seems to have changed. As though God was governed and mandated by the Gregorian calendar or your calendar on, on your kitchen or, or uh, your digital watch, when the, when the year changes, we think God has to say something. We think God has to declare just something different about the year. We think God needs to say something because the year has changed. But actually, if you are a person well-versed or you read your Bible or you, 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 read, you know the word of God, you know that God has already said something about the year. In Psalm 65, the word of God says, He crowns the year with His goodness. His ways overflow with His abundance. And so we don't have to be going around to and fro from one service to another, from one crossover to another crossover, trying to figure out what God is literally saying to his people. Matter of fact, we actually live in a dispensation of the year of Jubilee. That's what the word of God says. The year of Jubilee, where Christ lives inside of me and his promises are yes and amen in me. 
And so when we go through every year, we need to know that his mercies are new every day. They are new at the beginning of the year. They are new in the middle of the year. They are new three the way of the year. God's mercies and goodness are new every day. I don't need to be going around seeking what is God saying about the year because he's already declared it in his word. And so God is not like some weatherman who, is, who will tell you the forecast. You'll say today it's going to be sunny, tomorrow it's going to be rainy, and this week there's a, ch a slight chance of a thunderstorm, and, uh, he, uh, and uh, hailstones uh, will, will probably rain down on you. He is more than that. He, will, he wants to go through every moment of the weather that you face with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when you go around to and fro, trying to find out what is God saying about this year, you can fall into the trap of experiencing the year in the absence of the revealer. We are called to pursue the revealer. We are called not to pursue the revelation. Christianity is a partnering journey, a journey that is undertaken or embarked on with, a, let, me, let me call it a scout. And that scout will tell you the things that are to come. He'll give you the highlight. He'll tell you the scenery, the things. Uh, he'll give you the preview of what you're going to see. But more than that, when you walk intentionally with that scout, he will start training you on how to become a scout. As Kilton said, we are like Christ in this world, in the spirit. We are like Christ. The more you walk with Christ, the more you become like Christ. And so it is very important for us to understand that our walk is a pursuit for the king. It is a pursuit for the kingdom of God and not a pursuit of the revelation of revelation or what the year holds for you and I. It is one thing to know what the year is going to, to be like. You can call the year year XYZ, but it's another thing to be part of that year or to get what the year is going to be like. If you say the year is going to be prosperous, you can go through the whole year being broke because you do not know how to become prosperous. The Bible actually says in Psalms 103 about a man called Moses. The word of God says the following. It says, God showed him his, uh, showed him his ways, and God then showed the children of Israel his acts. Psalms 103. God showed, made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. So God showed the children of Israel his ways, his acts, showed them his doings, showed him, showed them his uh, miracles and signs, but Moses, he showed his ways. What does that mean? To Moses, he showed, yeah, to, to the children of Israel, he showed the product. But to Moses, he showed the process. Two different things. It's either you're going to be a Christian that wants to know, just have the product, or you'll be a Christian that wants the process. And what is the process? 
The process is a personal, intimate relationship with God. That is what you and I have been called to, to a process, to strive for a process. The process to know God. Paul says, oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in his suffering. In Philippians 3 verse 12, it says, not that I have obtained or have become perfect, the product, but I press in the process to make it my own, the product. Are we together? So what does this have to do with Jeremiah 4 verse 3? Are we there? Jeremiah 4 verse 3. Jeremiah 4 verse 3 says, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. I've titled today's message, Growing in the Word, the Time to Plant. Growing in the Word, the Time to Plant. I've already said, as I've already uh, laid the foundation, everything, uh, that God is a God who reveals the times and seasons. And the times and seasons are not determined by a change in a calendar. The times and seasons are determined by God in His sovereignty. We always ought to remember that. And our duty as believers is not to seek out times and seasons uh, because it is God who reveals those times and seasons, but we should be seeking out a relationship with the Father or with the Holy Spirit or with Jesus Christ. In Acts 1 verse 7, the Word of God says that it is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has set, but I will send the Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of fellowship. So he wants you to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. And everything here on earth is set on a time and season that God has determined. Everything here on earth. In um, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, it says the following. For everything, there is a time and a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which has been planted. And so right now, today, I want to talk about a time to plant. Not because 2022, because the year t turned and we, we, uh, I'm now declaring it a year of planting. Actually, the Bible says as, as, as the, uh, if the earth remains, when the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Genesis 8 verse 22. If the earth remains, there will always be seed time and the harvest. We should not just live life just expecting things to fall on our lap. There is a process of planting. And if, and I'm, mo I'm like most people, I'm putting myself in that, in that category. I love to receive the harvest. I love to receive the product of the planting. That is why I am not a farmer. I love going to pick and pay and picking out what has already been planted and uh, uh, reaped and whatever. I love doing that. Because personally, I'm not talking about you. Personally, I find no therapy in planting. I find minimal therapy in planting. I am a poor gardener or farmer. 
What I find in planting or plowing is this. A sore back. Blistered hands. The sun beating down on you. Dehydration. That's what I mainly find in planting. Ladies and gentlemen, planting is a very laborious process. It is a dirty job in the good sense. And if you are going to be part, and if you're going to uh, be part of this time of planting, no, it's not going to be easy. It requires your time. It requires your, 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 your being there and you going through some headaches and heartaches. And that's what planting is. If you are not going to, if, if you want it to be easy, you can take a handful of seeds, go to a piece of land, and start scattering the seed without any concern where it is going to fall. That is the only way you can be a, a farmer who does not get dirty or get blistered hands. Just take seed and go onto a piece of land and just start scattering it. But you and I are called to something different. In Jeremiah 4 verse 3 says the following, Break up the fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Giving us purpose and focus in how we do certain things. We just don't do things. We just don't scatter seeds because it is, it is so easy for us to scatter. There has to be a purpose and direction in the things that we do. So what is fallow ground? Fellow ground is simply soil or ground that has been left idle um, for a period of time. It is very productive land that has been left so that it regenerates and it will rest. The process of fallowing is a process of letting that land to rest so that it stores up organic matter and retains moisture, and there is a disruption in the life cycle of the pathogens inside the land. And in other words, it is, it is um, very productive land. When you plow it, it becomes very um, uh, highly, um, it becomes very good land for you to plant on once it is plowed on. And so you and I are called to Plow on fallow ground. What is fallow ground in, in our instance? In the past two years, some people have been sitting on very productive land. The land of prayer. The land of reading the word of God. The land of loving one another. The, la the land of fellowshipping. These things have become very unproductive. And so you and I are called to plow up so that, so that the word of God is going to be effective in us. So that the word of God is going to work. If I, took a, if I took seed right now and I went around and scattered it even on the most fertile piece of land without plowing on it and the seed fell on top of the ground, I would... I should not expect it to produce highly. 
because it's sitting on the ground, even if the ground is very productive. The word of God in your pocket or the word of God in your living room may be, product, may be very highly productive or have the potential to produce. But as long as it does not go inside of you, it will produce nothing. The, 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 the word of God, and we're going to go into that. It says that when the, land, when the seed falls on the ground and water comes, it will wash it away. When the seed falls on the ground, it can be eaten by the birds of the air. And so the word is, will be unproductive in your life. In Mark 4, verse 3 to 8, I ask you to turn there. Mark 4, verse 3 to 8. Are we there yet? Mark 4, verse 3 to 8. It says, listen, behold. I'm reading from the ESV. Listen, behold. A sower went out to sow. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had, it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. When I read the word of God, sometimes images come up. I'm just thinking, hey, this seed was fell amongst the thorns, and it was in a WWE match. It was just choked. Uh, and other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. If we're going to grow up or if we're going to allow the word to grow inside us, we need it to get a, a depth of root in us or have a foundation inside of us. A foundation that is not easily shaken by the storms of life and uh, a root that's not easily troubled or uprooted by trials and tribulations. And the reason why trials and tribulations come along is so that it takes away the word that is inside of you or the words that you have just received. That is the purpose of trials and tribulations. Jesus Christ promised us. That's one promise that not many people uh, uh confess that in this world, in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> you're going to have trials and tribulations. And those trials and tribulations come to take the word. And actually, when, when, when we, um, we, we don't have to look far to look at what, ha what has happened uh, to the world or the body of Christ because of these trials and tribulations. If you look at it in the world, just in the past two years, many have fallen away because of the trial and tribulation of COVID. Many have fallen away from the faith because of COVID. And if you read Jeremiah 4 verse 3 in context, it actually is talking about the falling away or the wavering of the Israelites. And so God is telling the Israelites, break up your fellow ground. Do not uh, 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 plant among the thorns. He's talking to a people that have fallen away 
or are wavering. And so that instruction is for, for those people. And so the Bible says in 1, in, in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11, it says these things were written for our admonition to those whom the ends of the world has come upon. And if you read it in context in Jeremiah 4 verse 3, God then is warning them, if you continue in this way, such and such is going to end up happening. And so here God is saying to you and I, you need to break up your fallow ground. You need to sow or not among the thorns so that you are established and you, are, you don't waver to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Tribulations arise to test your faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word, hearing and hearing the word. And so, if we boil it all down, you will realize that the real reason why trials and tribulations come your way is because of the word of God. It's because of the word of God inside of you. And the devil wants to take any hint of the word out of you. So that you may not believe in God. And so, the only way that we can grow is allowing the word of God to become established and deeply rooted inside of us. That is the way we can grow as believers. And that is the way we can uh, start walking confidently and effectively as the children of God. Allowing the word of God to dwell within us deeply. If you had to see a root grow, I mean a seed growing, the first thing that you would see about a, a, a seed is that it will absorb moisture, uh, bulge up, and then it will shoot out. And when it shoots out, it is not shooting up first. It is shooting down first. Are we together? That's what a seed does. It will shoot down uh, so that it has roots. And then we see its manifestation when it comes out of the soil. And so the word of God says the following, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when, if we are going to grow in the word of God, there are certain things that we're going to see manifested before all of us. And it is in speaking. Three speakings that I want to talk about. The first speaking is speaking to yourself. When the word of God is shooting down and ta has taken root inside of you, you will speak to yourself. You will speak to yourself. In Colossians 3 verse 16, it says, Let the word of God dwell within you richly. Let it dwell within you uh, let it be uh, rooted, deeply rooted inside of you and firmly rooted inside of you so that you will speak, you will declare certain things. That word declaring means to make known formally or officially, to state emphatically or authoritatively. That's what declaring means. You cannot go around and if you, if you feel like you are nobody, don't go around telling yourself that you are nobody. 
Because the enemy actually wants you to feel and declare that you are nobody. Remember what the word of God says. The power of life and death lies in the, it lies in the tongue. And so the devil wants you to talk, to speak it out and make it a reality. That is what he wants you to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not walk by say sight, but we walk by faith. And so we do not walk by our emotions. We don't walk by our feelings, but we walk by faith. That is how we walk and that is how we live. The righteous shall live by faith. And so when I feel like I am a nobody, I turn to the word and start declaring what the word of God says. I start declaring that I am the head and not the tail. That I am the beloved of the Lord. I am the son of God. I'm chosen by God. I start declaring that I do not have a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I start declaring that even in weakness, I am made strong. I start declaring that the Lord, nothing is impossible with the Lord. I start declaring, Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. I start declaring, it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You start declaring even if it does not look like it. Remember Genesis, God looked at an empty world and he spoke. And so I speak. When the word is fully effective inside of me, I will start speaking over my own life. You know what makes you a believer? You believe the word of God. That's what makes you a believer. And so turn to your neighbor and just say, this is my Bible, holding your Bible. This is my Bible. I am what he says I am. I can have what he says I can have. I can do what he says I can do. Number two, you begin to speak to one another. Just as you have done. You begin to speak to one another. Colossians 3 verse 16. It says, teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom. Teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom. And that word teaching means to instill doctrine, to impart instruction, and uh, to explain and um, uh, expound. It's to, I just recently learned this. I, the word expurgate is not an English word, but it's to expurgate. <laughs> Am, am I correct, Mark? It's not an English word. <laughs> Never an English word. Yeah. So to expurgate. It is to take, um, it is to take a big chunk of um, whatever and break it down into small pieces so that any person can eat it. You know what? The gospel is very simple. Only those who want to con you make the gospel very hard. The gospel is very, very simple. The Bible actually says in 2 Corinthians 10 that the simplicity of Christ, the simplicity of the gospel. So it is those who want you to believe or to, for you to praise those uh, men of God who make it as though there is a higher revelation somewhere out there. The gospel is very, very simple. So much so, that even in, in any service, 
a five-year-old can understand and an eight-year-old can understand in the same service. The word admonish, it means to, it means to warn and to exhort. There is no hint of encouragement in admonishing. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14 will explain that. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, uh, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. We see those two words in just a position in the say, uh, next to each other so that we understand that there is a difference between those two words. Admonishing is warning those who are blatantly and knowingly out of order to the word of God. That's what an idle person is. You are blatantly out of order from the word of God. Then you encourage those who are faint-hearted, those who are unknowingly out of position, out of their spiritual position. You go to the faint-hearted and tell the faint-hearted, uh, you do not have the spirit of timidity, but the power of love and a sound mind. You go to the idol and you warn them, the way you are going, my brother, that laziness that you have, you will go hungry. Your family will, be, will not be provided for. Amen. You are warning them. You are not encouraging them. You are warning them. Of, the, of where they are. And so there is a difference. And how do we do all that? The Bible says in all wisdom. And in all wisdom means we do not go in like a machine gun and just blaze and duula people and uh, do whatever. We do it like a sniper's rifle with precision and uh, with tact and so that we, 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 we gain our brother back or our sister back. Amen. And so we do it in wisdom. And what is wisdom? There is patience in wisdom. Um, when you go in and you, you just uh, bombard somebody with scripture with no patience and no tact, it is says, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. You are puffing yourself up with no intent of bringing your brother back. And so we have to do it with wisdom in the way we do things. If you're going to grow in the word, you have to understand the growing in the word is not Bible memory or verse memory. It is tactfully being able to apply the word of God. Amen. Number three, speak to God. Speak to God. Sing in Psalms, hymns, Colossians 3 verse 16. Sing in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. To grow in the word, we sing songs that we should be singing songs that are full of the word of God. Not all gospel Christian music is gospel. I repeat that. Not all gospel Christian music is gospel. It sometimes edifies the singer or edifies your flesh rather than edifying God. And if you are going to purposefully and meaningfully grow in the word, you need to 
dive into the Word of God, into songs that are full of the Word of God. I'm not saying that you cannot sing songs that are, 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 are not full of the Word of God. But I'm saying what we learned in, I think it's in, uh, in, in uh, business, um, in business uh, studies, is, uh, is it Gaigo, Jaijo, whatever, garbage in, garbage out. If you, whatever you take in is whatever you will take out. If you are listening to whatever music you are listening to, that is what we are going to expect from you. Amen. Another way of growing in the word of God is to pray the word of God. Pray the word of God. This morning, um, as we were um, uh, praying, I thought Kilton would take my whole message because he seemed to be playing very close to the scriptures I had prepared. He was playing very, very close. In Isaiah 43, verse 26, the word of God says the following. It says, put me in remembrance. And so we ought to be praying the word of God. The disciples went to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. He said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name. Uh, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray the word of God, you are praying the will of God. You are not praying your thoughts, intents, and the intellect. Um, uh, that's why most prayers, uh, most people pray amiss. You are praying the will of God, which is his thoughts, his intents, and his intellect. You are not praying your headaches and your heartaches. You are actually, what you are doing is uh, you, you are encapsulating your headaches and your, 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 your bad days around. The word of God and you're putting your, your, your headache inside that capsule of the word of God and you are presenting it to God. Isn't it amazing how a pill works? It works in the most amazing thing. You may have a pain on your left toe and, but you throw it in through your mouth and that left toe becomes fine. And so that is how the word of God operates. You may be having trouble and situ in many other situations, but when you throw out the word of God, it deals with those situations. And so we wrap the word of God around the situations we are going through. And we bring the word of God before God. That is what we ought to do if we're going to grow. In Daniel 9 verse 2, I invite you to turn there. Daniel 9 verse 2. We'll see a man who prayed the word of God. Daniel 9 verse 2. It says, <clears throat> Are we there yet? It says, uh, in the first year of his reign, I think it's Cyrus, I may be mistaken. Uh, in verse 1, it gives you the name, Cyrus. It says, I, Daniel, perceived in the books, of the, num the, the books the number of the years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. 
Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer. So Daniel was reading Jeremiah. He was in Jeremiah 25. And as he was reading Jeremiah 25, he came to verse 11 and 12. And as he came to verse 11 and 12, that scripture popped up in his heart, in him. And the Bible says that he turned his face and began to pray. How many of us recently have had the word of God jump up inside of us and we begin to pray that word? And we begin to go before his throne and pray and lay it before his throne and pray that word. That is how you grow. As you pray the word of God, the Holy Spirit reveals maybe another section of the word of God and you begin to grow more and more in the word of God. Prayer and praying in the, the word of God is like learning a new language. And when you learn a new language, you learn the easy words. And so when you go before God, you might be having a headache and you, you go before God and you say, uh, the only thing I know from scripture is John 3 verse 16, for, for God so loved the world. So God, since you love the world, you love me. This headache has to go. You, that's the, probably the only scripture you will know. But as you pray that, you will begin to grow. A desire is birthed inside of you to go more into the word of God. And as you go more into the word of God, as you begin become more uh, confident. Um, I mean, as you learn uh, a wider uh, vocabulary and your library of words in another language uh, begins to, to widen, the more confident and comfortable you become in using that language and the more effective you are in communication. Let the effective communication of your, of the, of your faith be in what Christ Jesus has done for you. And that you can find in Philemon. And so, when you soak yourself in the word of God, naturally, your prayers will be full of the word of God. Amen. They'll be full of the word of God. And so, as believers, as elders also, we have called uh, us uh, for a time of prayer on Tuesdays. We do not know how this thing is going to map up out and how it's going to turn out. But all we know is that you and I are called to pray. In Luke 18 verse 1, it says, man ought to always pray. And we ought to always pray, not, not only in a, in a meeting, but we ought to always pray wherever we get a chance to pray. And we are just calling uh, this so that we can grow together. The Bible says that um, uh, the prayer of a righteous man availed uh, much power. There is much power that's generated when you pray. How much more when we gather together and we pray? We believe right now that we are at a moment and in a time where we should be uh, intensifying our prayer as believers not, and not waiting as I've said before, for the harvest to fall on our laps, but also we should be going into the process of planting. It is a time to plant and it may not be easy. It will call for you to do and cancel certain things so that you can walk more intimately with God and so that you may grow in the word of God. Amen. And so what am I saying just in closing? 
I've said a lot of things, but I'm saying I believe that it is highly important that we grow in the Word of God. What I'm saying is not that is I'm not saying that last year uh, it was not important for us to read the Word of God. It has always been important for us to read the Word of God. Every time is a time for you to plant, and every time is a time for you to harvest. The Word of God says there will come a time when the planter will be overtaken by the harvester because it will things will be growing up so fast and so we are being called to invest in the word of god and take time to to make sure that we are doing what the word of god is saying amen